Welcome to LaGrave Searcy's Sermon Podcast. Our PM service today will be the Children's Christmas Program, entitled Standing on the Promises. The God who called you to this place tonight um, was a God who sent his son to walk among us as a child. And he greets us saying, grace, mercy, and peace to you in the name of the Father, by the power of Jesus, and through the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome everyone to uh, our service here, a special service at LaGrave Avenue Christian Reformed Church. Lots of visitors here tonight. And as I say every year, this is the only service during the entire year where the congregation presses forward instead of towards the back, which is great. We are so glad that you are here and we so look forward to hearing these children through song and through things that they prepared tell us the story of Christmas. I want to say a few things. First, I have to announce some changes. First of all, after the introduction, you'll notice we're singing a hymn. The number on that hymn is right. The title is wrong. It's Go Tell It on the Mountain, verses 1 and 3. So that's what we're singing. And also, I neglected to put the names of, the wise, of two of the wise men in. So they're over there, and I apologize to the wise men about that. Uh, If you are here, a parent of a twos and threes, you also have a part in this program. After Jesus is born and after the choir finishes singing the song, He is Born, you are welcome, and visitors can do this too with your twos and threes, to come forward and gather around the manger and spend some time looking at the baby Jesus and then return to your seat while Jess will play Away in a Manger. Tonight's um, message will be all about promises. That's what we're going to hear the kids talk about, the promises of God and how those promises, once he makes them, he will keep them, he will not break them. That's what you will hear these children tell us and especially the prophet Isaiah who will uh, send us that message. Um, What you will also notice is that uh, you will notice a lot of imperfection. There will be imperfection up here and there will be imperfection among you. You may have already noticed that. Um, And that's good, because when Christ came, he came to an imperfect world. The world that Christ came to was a hectic mess. These children will be a hectic mess tonight. Your lives, especially you parents, is a hectic mess. And, And the good news of the gospel is in spite of that, And in spite of the fact that we feel overwhelmed and the bringing of the kingdom is far too much for us, Christ's love comes into our life. He becomes incarnate among us and he does what we cannot do. That's what we're going to remember again tonight. And that's what these kids are going to tell us. So uh, without any further ado, let's hear from the prophet Isaiah. Hello everyone, let me introduce myself. I'm the prophet Isaiah. I wrote a book in the Old Testament and maybe some of you have read it. My book is called Isaiah and it's full of things God told me to say to his people. There are warnings in my book, there are judgments in my book, there are words of comfort in my book, and there are lots and lots of promises. There are a lot of ways to think about what happened at Christmas, but today I want to talk about promises. Everything that happened at Christmas was a story of God keeping his promises. 
Long ago, God had promised to help his people. He also promised to save his people. The promises were so old that many people forgot the promises, but when Jesus came to the world, God kept those old promises. Today, we will help you see that God is a promise-keeping God. He doesn't forget the things he said. Today, we will see together how when God sent his son to the world, he did everything he said he would do. Here is a promise God gave to me years ago. It's a promise that comes from chapter 7 of my book. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. The promise shows that when he saved us, he wouldn't need human power. He wouldn't need armies. He wouldn't need kings and emperors. He wouldn't need people who are really rich or really smart. All he needed was an ordinary young girl. In the sixth month, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you who is highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God for you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You will call him by the name Jesus, and he will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will rule over the throne of Jesse. His kingdom will never end. 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For nothing is impossible with God. When Jesus was born, Rome was the most important city in the empire because that was where the emperor lived. Jerusalem was the most important city in Judah because that's where King Herod lived. But Jesus was born in Bethlehem and not in those big places. Why? Because that's what God promised. He made that promise through my, prof my friend, the prophet Micah, who said, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken over the entire Roman world. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Mr. Innkeeper, can we please have a room? We've been on a long journey. My wife is pregnant, and we need a place to stay. Sorry, buddy. No room yet. But you can sleep at the table. We can smell. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
Before Jesus came, there were a lot of bad kings. They didn't follow God. They didn't care about the people. They went after power and money. When they ruled, people suffered and died. For years, God promised a new king called the Messiah. He would be God's chosen one, and he would save us. God made one of those promises through me. For to us a son is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus fulfilled that promise. As the angels told the shepherds, he was the Messiah, and he was there to save them, and he would bring peace. And there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel, wait, sorry. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there with the angel, a great company of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. Later the shepherd returned, glorifying and praising God for all things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told.
Jesus came to this earth in Israel, and most of those old promises were written to the people of Israel. But God always meant for his good news to go out to the whole world, because God didn't just want to save Israel, he wanted to save the whole world. Years ago, God gave me a word to speak to his people about kings coming to the brightness of his dawn. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Herds of camels will cover your land, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. I didn't know what it meant until I saw those magi coming to Jesus with gifts in their hands. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the king of, that has been born to Bethlehem? We saw a star rise, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. When Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully, and as soon as you find him, report back to me so I may go and worship him. <laughs> After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gold, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route.
Do you see how God kept his promises? He is a faithful God. He does not forget us. Here is another thing that he said to me years ago. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire. God will keep his promises to you. Promises like, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In this world you, may, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I have called you by name and you are mine. I will be with you always. Nothing can separate you from me. I am the person, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live and even though that person dies. In my father's house there are many rooms and I am going ahead to prepare a place for you. God made God made all those good promises to you, and he will keep them, because he is the promise-keeping God.
Just a couple more moments while we wait for all the kids to find their way. All right. Let's gather our hearts in a, in a prayer of thanksgiving for the good news that we've just seen and heard. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, 2,000 years ago, in the middle of all the people's busyness, in the middle of their struggle and in the middle of their sin, you came to us. We people were not expecting you anymore. We were too busy with our own things. Our minds were too full of our own worries. But you came to us, and then when you came, even though we rejected you, you loved us and you died for us. Lord Jesus, we see that your love is stronger than anything else in this world. It's stronger than all the bad things we worry about. It's stronger than our sins. It's stronger than our anger. It's stronger than the things that make us sick and the things that keep us awake at night. Lord Jesus, your love is even stronger than death. Because it's the strongest thing in the world, and because it's what you promised, we know that in the end, your love will fill this entire world. Thank you that these children have just told that wonderful story again and reminded us of your birth. I pray that the Holy Spirit will plant the hope of this story in the heart of everybody here. Like the shepherds, may we be full of joy because of the good news that we've heard. Like Mary, may the hope of this good news make us obedient and may it make us willing to do hard things. Like the wise men, may we always look for signs of your presence and then be willing to follow wherever you lead us. And like the angels, may we sing your praises with joy. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to this world. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. Thank you, Jesus, that we are your children, all of us, and we belong to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to LaGrave CRC's Sermon Podcast.